Hey everybody, this is Matt from the future. As a warning for this episode and the next one, it may sound a little bit low energy due to our late recording session and uh, late recording day. I apologize if it sounds that way. Uh, I try my best when editing it to see what I can take out and remove that won't compromise the episode itself. So if it sounds that way low energy, I do apologize. Other than that, I do hope you enjoy the episodes. And now we head off to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Noob Guiding Noob. We're back. <laughs> Once again. Uh, with more Mass Effect. Probably my last episode of Mass Effect. Might do one more with some of the, like, subspecies, not subspecies, the little side species, the, the ones that don't have a ton of lore, but they're still a thing. Um, I might do some stuff with some organizational stuff and whatnot, but this also could just be my last Mass Effect video episode. Just keep going. And then, um... <laughs> Sorry, you had me scared for Gain was all the way up. You're like, oh. I, gain was all the way instead of at the <laughs> somewhat low. So, I mean, that could have helped. I mean, it probably is going to pick up some. Yeah, well, I mean, at least it'll pick up me. <laughs> yeah, it'll pick up one. some background stuff, but. Yeah. Um. But uh, today, we will be covering the Asari. And I will give a spoiler warning before we get to it, but we will also be covering the Protheans and the Reapers and their origins and such. Mm. Yay. The, the, big, the big baddies. Uh, but this will probably be, I, I, I hate that, like, I know what I'm planning for my next episode if I'm not doing more Mass Effect. Yeah. And I keep forgetting it. Well, I, 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 I literally just, like, I come up with it. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that'll be really good. And then I forget. And I'm like, what was I thinking about? And I think about it. I think about it a couple hours of trying to figure it out, finally figure it out, immediately forgetting it. <laughs> oh, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do if once I'm tired of Elder Scrolls stuff. I could probably do Dead Space or something. Maybe that's what I was going to do maybe because I, I, I was actually reading watching some uh lore videos for that but today world of warcraft we're friend it wouldn't you be more i don't give a shit about any of it that's fair <laughs> I, was, I, I played i played the og warcraft warcraft 2 and 3 like really hardcore ew uh my dad's a my dad was a fan of the uh real-time strategy games back in the day yeah I like, did Warcraft 3. Like, when World of Warcraft came out, mm -hmm. my uncle, like, pre, pre-ordered that. Yeah. My dad really wanted to, but he wasn't sure he had enough money for, like, a subscription-based game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he, he wanted to play that. Yeah. And then whenever he actually played on my uncle's account, he got killed in open world PvP and was like, I'm never touching this again. <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult to not pick an, a PvP realm. Yeah, back in the day, no, obviously, it's very still, difficult. I was still out of that too. I'm like, because I was, I was like, you know, hey, we should, we should get back on and, and try it and like, uh, do the, do the free to twenty thing or whatever. Yeah. It's like I'm not touching it again. It's like, dad, there's so many servers that aren't even PvP. You don't yeah, have to man. worry about that. You can PvP at your own pace if you choose something that's not a PvP realm. But he still enjoys going back and playing the original RTSs and stuff. Not even just Warcraft and stuff. I think, that, or even turn-based strategies. Like he plays uh, Heroes of Might and Magic a lot. So, oh yeah, yeah. those are yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, uh, but anyway, back on back on topic. Uh, back to Mass Effect with the final species of the uh, the Council species, the Asari. Mm -hmm. uh, first thing to note, they are all incredibly powerful biotics. Like as a species, almost all of them have biotic potential, um, which is like the, the crazy psychic gravity power things. Yeah, they're not actually psychic; they're gravity control. But the Asari are kind of pseudo-psychic just because they're Asari. It's, we'll, okay. we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. But basically, their entire species is biotically capable, okay. which is incredibly rare. Hmm. Actually, I think they're the only species that where all of them are biotically capable. Normally, biotics in general are incredibly rare. Yeah. Uh, like human biotics, like less than a percent of a percent. Oh, okay. might be biotically capable. It is actually it's one of those things that like when they found out humans could potentially have cool gravity powers. Yeah, there were like spec ops accidents exposing Element Zero to like children and stuff to see if they'll develop <laughs> biotic powers. That's how rare it is. They tried to like force it. Nice. Yeah, that's that how, sounds that, safe. supposedly supposedly that's actually how Caden, uh, one of your human companion who's who's a biotic. That's supposedly how he got his. Oh powers. yeah, him. Yeah, they they talk about he talks about that. Okay, 
But yeah, they are they are all uh, biotically capable, one hundred percent, and they are all female. They reproduce through something called well, it's a type of something called parthenogenesis, which I actually went out of my way to look up. It's kind of like a pseudo cloning thing. Um, okay. Some lizard, there's there's a species of lizard on our planet that does it, and they don't actually take genes from a partner. Uh, normally, parthenogenesis is asexual reproduction. Yes. So, like, you know in Jurassic Park where they say, like, oh, frogs will change their sex or whatever, when they, and they, they can do that and they can reproduce? It's kind of like that, but they don't have to change their sex. They just start it. popping out babies. Nice. Um, with the Asari, they connect their nervous system to their partners to kind of read their genetic history, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they take desirable traits, and what they do is they when they clone themselves, right? That's because that's what parthenogenesis yeah. is. They split one set of genes is like just straight up from the from the mother. And then the father, quote unquote, because they can reproduce with anything they can touch, basically actually touch isn't even actually required, fun fact. Damn. Yeah. Um, but they use that and like the mapping, genetic mapping that they kind of figure out when they connect their nervous system <clears throat> yeah. to randomize the other set of genes <laughs> to take uh, desirable qualities and stuff. It's actually kind of neat, because, like, if they reproduce with a Krogan, the Asari child will have certain Krogan traits to include they are more prone to anger, and they actually have an urge to headbutt things. Jesus. <laughs> it's actually genetic. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a really cool, unique reproduction system, and it allows for an all-female uh, species, which, like, realistically... They kind of did their research to figure out how it would be possible. They came across these lizards that I was talking about, which are also all female. And I'm pretty sure that they did it just to have the sexy alien. Because every sci-fi like thing, setting, whatever, has to have a sexy alien. And yeah. I vaguely remember, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if this was an exact quote from one of the dev developers. Um, but basically they came up with the Asari as the answer to Star Trek's Orion species. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. It, it was literally like, you have the mean alien, which for Star Trek is the is the Klingons, mm. but for Mass Effect is the Krogan. You have the military-based aliens, mm. which for Star Trek is the Romulans, and for Mass Effect, it, or, I don't know, maybe the Romulan. No, because the Vulcans would be the Solarians. I wouldn't know. Yeah. I don't know Star Trek. I, I would probably do a Star Trek episode, but I don't want to piss people <laughs> off. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I, people need to know more know, about is fucking Star Trek now. I know a decent amount of Star Trek, but not enough to probably do an episode without pissing someone off. <laughs> We're not here for factual evidence. We're here for misinformation and speculation of our own opinions. Yeah, exactly. That's that's <laughs> what we exist for. But anyway, so Asari, because they can hook their hook their nervous system up with other species and reproduce that way, they can basically reproduce with any other species in the galaxy. Okay. Most other species, all all other species do perceive them as female, which is interesting. Okay. And they are seen as attractive, which mm. might mm. go into, like, some kind of, like I mentioned, they may or may not be, like, pseudo-psychic. Because there's actually a, a uh, little side thing you can come across in Mass Effect 2. <clears throat> yeah. Basically, uh, a human, a Salarian, and a Turian take uh the human and the turian take a solarian work work buddy out onto um out to a bar for a bachelor party because okay. solarian's getting married yeah now for solarians this isn't like a huge deal or anything but humans like oh come on it's cultural and it's an excuse to drink which is why the turian's coming along yeah yeah but as a bachelor party may do they get a stripper nice and it is an asari stripper sick and throughout the conversation they all mention that the asari looks like one of their species so it's, huh. it's it's implied that the Asari have some kind of like psychic ability or something to make you perceive them it's... as a female of your species. What is that called? That's something. It's not like mind. Um, it, like it's it, like it, a it perce- yeah, it's like a perceive. Like you can perceive each person perceives something differently. Oh, okay. Oh it's, God, I, know I feel what like about. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I forget the I forget the actual oh, title, but crap. yeah. So it, it, actually, it would be kind of cool if like that's how it kind of works. Yeah, it's not really like them controlling their mind. It's just yeah, they have something in their chemistry that makes them able yeah. to do it. To, to, or to, like, to like yeah, it's, it's a it could be like a pheromone thing or something. Something maybe. 
But it was kind of a neat thing that, like, they were talking about it. And, like, up to this point, you know, you think that Asari just happened to look human. Yeah. Or humanoid. Again, because they're supposed to be the sex aliens. Because whatever. Oh, no, never mind. What? Nah. Be like, oh, that's why you see Asari as as what they look like. Potentially, yeah. Shepard or whoever thinks that's what they are supposed to. Kind of. Well, that's, 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 that's what, like, all humans see them like that is the thing. That's fucked. But it's also, apparently, all Solarians see them as, like, blue Solarians. Blue Solarians, all Turians, see them as Turians, Turians. Krogans. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, right? Oh, hang on. Oh, that's good. To... Oh, man, potential spam. Hold on. That's important. Okay. <laughs> Resume. Sorry. Um. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a lot of um pretty pretty neat stuff. But this also kind of potentially poses a apocalypse for the galaxy because they can reproduce with anything. It's possible that they could destroy genetic diversity in the galaxy by reproducing too much with other species. Fun fact. What? So, like, basically, if humans all decided to have fun with Solar with Asari, mm-hmm. there would be no more humans. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. If they only exclusively... Exactly. Yeah. That that would be... That I is mean, a potential risk Potential, factor, but quote, that's unrealistic. Well, not right away. But the thing is, Asari are the other long-lived species of the galaxy. You know how Krogan can live, like, freaking forever? But they usually die from, like, battle and stuff. Yeah. Asari also live freaking forever. Yeah. Um, they live for a thousand years. So, one Asari typically outlives whoever whoever they hook up with. Yes. But they'll still have a kid or three with that person. Mm. And then mm. go on to oh, the next right. one and the next one. Okay. <laughs> so, it, it kind of, it potentially could add up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and actually, within that thousand year lifespan... They um, kind of grow in three stages. Technically four, because you have like a childhood stage. But once they hit puberty, which is like, I, th- I think I was reading was like 34 years or so. <laughs> um, they enter the maiden stage uh, of, their, of, their, of their life. <laughs> yep, it's maiden, matron, and matriarch. Those, okay. are, those are the three stages. Yep. The maiden stage, they are actually like instinctively very curious and restless. And they are driven to explore and travel. Oh, like wow. Like, they actually just, like, hey, I need to go out there. That there's something out there, I'm going to go find it. I want it. Yeah. Have fun, learn stuff, do whatever. Um, they're known to work as dancers in clubs. No, Or mercenaries really? while they are exploring. <laughs> Stay in a place for a couple decades, no problem, go on to the next place. Um, something to note while I, was, while I was reading that, though, I actually found something else out. Uh, there's a quote from Alec Ryder talking about this. And he notes that Asari dancing is also a uh, biotic-enhanced martial art, apparently. And <sighs> club dancers often, like, run by Asari, anyone that, any Asari that owns a club, mm-hmm. their dancers often double as bouncers. They pull double duty. May as well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I found that to be kind of an interesting, interesting Maybe little have a fun species fact. that can never have male-looking people. Yeah. Well, actually, that's a, that's a thing, too, is uh, Anderson, a little bit sexist, apparently. Due to human culture, he admits, can't necessarily, like, he's never intimidated by Asari, even when he should be. Yeah. Because they are all female. Like, he even, he, Anderson. like, oh, actively he, recognizes is that. Is that the guy from Mass Effect 1? Yep. You take, you, you take a ship. He was actually the captain Who in charge of the Normandy before you started. No. <clears throat> Keith David. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That's what I thought it was. He plays a lot of really good roles. Like, he has, a, he has a very distinct voice. Yeah, so if he tries to play Something a character that is off, it doesn't mm. feel correct. So, But you still know it's him. Like, it's just... That's the problem. It hits. It's how it is if, like, you uh, see The Rock in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be great, because it's The Rock. <laughs> he can only play himself. <laughs> that's the problem. That's... I... Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I never really thought about it, but now that you mention it, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the Maiden stage lasts for about 350 years, at which point they go, they kind of transition into the Matron stage, Yep. where this is their actual reproductive stage. Nice. They are like, all right, we're going to seek partners, meld with them, have kids, oh, yeah. and raise those kids. But at this stage, they also like actually try to settle down 
they try to stay in one place and just oh, right. raise their kids, basically. Yep. Uh, and it's not guaranteed, by the way, that, like, they'll just go from one person to the next. This is actually, it's actually kind of a, um, a not a rumor, it's like a stereotype, I guess, mm-hmm. that Asari are very promiscuous. They're not, necessarily. Gotcha. They might have, like, in, in their matron stage... Yes, some of them can have 50 kids well, I mean, in 350 Fucking years. if you, yeah, if you hook up with somebody who doesn't live for, I mean, a human's An sake. eighth of your lifetime. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I'm not gonna stay by my, like, yes, obviously the kids will grow up and go do their own shit, but mm. it's like, I have, exactly. I, I have this much time to do whatever. And that's the thing, like, some of them might only have one or two kids during this Yeah, group. Others, yeah, might have 50. God they forbid. might go from one guy to the next as soon as the kid is grown up yeah. go to the next guy um but you know more power to him <laughs> yes but <laughs> after about another 350 years about yep. 700 they enter the matriarch stage okay and at this point in funny enough more for political reasons than anything else mm-hmm. um they typically don't actually like hook up with anyone anymore which is fine yeah but, but like I I actually read it. It's entirely or not not read it. If you talk to Anasari Matriarch, she's working in a bar, right? Yeah. In Mass Effect Two, she actually says, "Oh, it's one hundred percent for sex appeal, because the other species won't listen to you unless they think they can bang you." That that's literally oh, what she said. Oh, for the matriarchs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's why they don't hook up. Apparently. Nice. That's the primary reason. I mean, you know, I guess um, I can. But matriarchs act as wise counselor for the species because they've lived so long 700 years of experience right yeah and the first half of that was literally just like wandering the galaxy getting experience learning things if you survived to that point you have a lot to offer your species yeah absolutely um so they act as wise counselors they share their centuries of knowledge and advice but they are rarely seen outside of a sorry space in fact in mass effect one matriarch benezia Yes. Joins up with Saren, and this is, like, almost unheard of. The matriarchs do not show up unless it's something huge. Don't you kill her? Yes. Cool. Well, she gets, and we'll kind of get into this, she gets indoctrinated and whatnot, so, like, yeah. yeah. It's not entirely her You fault. don't have to kill her, right? Or Unfortunately, you are forced you to? Okay, yeah. I didn't remember from yep. when I played. It, it was early Bioware, you know. Early RPGs where you didn't have that, well... I can't say that because you no 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 even back, earlier than there Mass was Effect. way more options. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: it started off you could have so many options in an RPG just crammed into it. Yeah. To the point that like you couldn't actually do a proper guide or anything, and like sometimes people would kill their game long before they ever finished it because they missed one thing or something. Yeah. And if a lot of those options are just redundant and don't yeah. mean anything, then it's just stupid. As thing time to went do. on, those those decisions kind of got more and more streamlined until we got to Mass Effect, where it was like, all right, this is basically you're you're basically on a railroad, but you can change the flavor of your railroad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no other choice for any games like that, yeah. realistically. But the other thing about Sorry Matriarchs, going back yeah. to that, their biotic power kind of increases as they age, mm-hmm. and by this point, they can a a, a, a an Sorry Matriarch on average can rip apart a tank with her mind. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, there are also three different types of Asari. Sure. Um, well, I mean, like, you know... It, blue, it's... darker blue, <laughs> and purple. <laughs> I mean, you joke, but kind of. <laughs> so, yeah. the three types are the pure-blood Asari, which is just an Asari that has mated with another Asari. Fine. Um, typically seen as a negative thing within society, actually. Well, yeah, because they want to branch out, man. The, yeah, literally. It, they lack genetic diversity. They don't take the, the positive traits of other species and yep. add them to the Asari. They they basically are kind of seen as having, as that generation of that particular family, whatever, having not contributed to the species. Nice. So it's seen as a negative. It's not like a bad thing. They're not like super racist or anything, <laughs> but it definitely has a stigma to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's the, I guess you can say, hybrid or standard Asari, because that's typically what it is, most yeah. common, which is an Asari that has mated with another species. Yep. And again, very welcome, very culturally, that's what you're supposed to do, because you pull in the genetic diversity and, and like, the heritage, genetic heritage of other species. Mm-hmm. So it's seen as a very good thing. Again, an Asari that has um, melded with a Solarian, yes. the, that Asari kid is likely to be more logic-driven. 
okay. won't necessarily be smarter, but has is more likely to be a be smart for like a sorry standard. Gotcha. Because they are driven more by logic, because that's how Solarian biology and their genetic heritage is kind of formed. Mm. A Krogan, um, uh, sorry, with a Krogan parent would be more driven to learning combat and fighting and really experiencing yeah, that. Have that drive. Which, again, really adds to it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the third type of Asari, which is actually a genetic mutation among the Asari called an Ardak Yakshi. Mm. Um, I believe it, the, correct, the full phrase or the full translation is Demon of the Nightwinds. <laughs> and sure. they are basically from birth as powerful as a matriarch. And keep in mind, they get stronger as they get older. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, it's a genetic mutation. I believe it's found mostly among pure blood Asari. I don't have that confirmed, but like, okay. I think I remember reading that at some point. Um, they kill anyone they meld with that they try to that they try <laughs> to meet. Their nervous system overloads their partner's nervous system and kills them. Jesus Christ! Yep, they are incredibly powerful biotics, um, and unfortunately, the process of melding is highly addictive to them. So every time they kill someone, they want to do it again. Mm, that's, yeah that's it's, it's it's the secret shame of the asari because uh <laughs> one ardak yakshi on a loose uh, that's let loose can potentially destroy a planet just because they they're having fun yeah and that's actually that's actually the scope of um one of the missions for your companions in mass effect 2 oh nice. is you're you're tracking down an ardak yakshi jesus <laughs> yeah <clears throat> i won't give any more spoilers to that but like it's kind of funny actually you can save the ardak yakshi and if you romance her you die game over <laughs> yeah. Sick, she'll, she'll give you the option she'll say are you sure i might kill you just saying and you're like yeah let's do this and then that's I mean, the game over <laughs> i mean oh, it's great yeah they warned you yeah so the asari uh they did have like they had a couple different religions in their in their primitive ages um they kind of have grown to a they they still kind of have religion but it's more of like a an informal thing yeah um, but they once worshipped the goddess of fame in their ancient times, which is like the goddess of like logic, order, culture, you know, unity, just basically everything. It, it, it's their version, I guess, of the um, Abrahamic god. Oh, okay. It's, it's a singular god. Yeah, like, yeah. They had prophets and stuff, but a fame was like the big thing, the goddess. Okay. Um, they, are, uh, they are also, I did double check this. Yeah. They are confirmed to be the first species to discover the mass relays. They, they... I mean, it makes the most sense, Well, I, I know that I said that the Turians were actually traveling before the Asari were. I think I mentioned that. Yeah. That was incorrect. The mm. Turians did start traveling before the Asari discovered the Citadel, but the Asari were traveling the mass relays first within our cycle. Okay. Which is, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they discovered, the, they discovered the Citadel. 60 years later, the Solarians actually arrived, and from there they started to form the Galactic Council. Uh, they met some other things. The Hanar, the Elcor were a big one, the Volus. Uh, and they started building the, the Krogans eventually, you know, Rachni, mm-hmm. Rachni, and then from the Rachni, the Krogans. Yep. And so they, they started building that Galactic cast, uh, Council. And the Asari's whole thing is they're incredibly dem- um, diplomatic. And par- again, partly due to their age and just how long they can live and how long they can work on things. Yeah. They do have intellectual and technological superiority. Shock. Additionally, because again, they can live so long, they also have kind of a cultural dominance over the galaxy. Like anything that you see has a sorry influence in it mm. on the grounds that they've been around so long and they're that so, just there. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're so diplomatic that like they want to share their culture. Right. And they've been around so long, eventually you're going to integrate to it. Just it's going to happen. Don't bother resisting. <laughs> That doesn't sound good. I mean... I mean, with the don't bother resisting That's actually kind of how they go about things, though, is like, yes, they're peaceful, but they are... They will peacefully take over your species. Mm, Okay. Um, But they do tend towards communal thinking and whatnot, which is why they formed the Galactic Council and said, hey, Solarians, why don't we work together? Yeah. You know? Um, And they actually have a true republic even within their, like, the sci-fi future, meaning that every Asari gets to participate in politics. Cool. From the the lowliest, as long as you're an adult, basically, yeah. you get to vote on anything and everything. <laughs> now, of course, most Asari don't. 
they go about and do their own thing for a long time. Right. Uh, the exceptions, of course, being the matriarchs and a few matrons as well. But yeah, they actually have a true republic. Um, typically, they have no elected officials. You just go to one of the open forums. You <coughs> argue your case for whatever it is. And some of those arguments can go on for days and days and days um, until something is Jesus. is kind of decided. Right. Matriarchs tend to have more weight, like their words tend to. Because, again, Obviously. culturally speaking, they're a big deal. And then also just they've been, they've around, been around forever. And, yeah. yeah. So their wisdom is highly respected. The only elected position that the Asari has is counselor at the Citadel. Their, their representative for their species is the only thing that they actually elect. Oh, okay. Everything else is open for them. It's just whoever, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's likely possible that the reason why they're able to actually keep this true republic is actually partly because of their parthenogenic breeding. Because their whole thing, their drive, is to pull traits from another yep. to form your, the next generation. Yep. Um, basically, they seek to understand each other constantly. Okay. So any philosophical debates, any religious debates, like instead of saying, you know, your view of God is wrong, mine is right, and I'm going to kill you over that. They'll say, <laughs> your view of God is wrong, mine is right, but I want to hear what what your view is, and I want to debate and tell you why mine is, is, is the right way. No. That's, that's how they, that's not... that is how they do things as a species. I don't care. That's stupid. <laughs> that's not correct. That's not how it's supposed to be done. That's not how it's You're supposed, supposed to, be done. to kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> if they can't be swayed from their own opinion of thinking that theirs is right and the other person's is wrong, but, then that's, that's the a waste continue, of fucking time. They basically continue to try and like <clears throat> reach a comp not not reach a compromise, but reach a conclusion that they can both agree on. Mm. Because again, that's just kind of how they how they're formed, how they how they built. They're built different. Built differently. <laughs> It's weird to think about, right? That's so dumb, yeah. But that's that's also the possible reason why they can have a true republic, despite how massive their species is. I guess. Like, if you think about it, just imagine if every human on the planet could argue in anything, in any forum, for yeah. as long as they wanted, and nothing would get done for us, because we would just never agree on anything. No, of course not. So it was kind of something interesting. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing that I have about them, really, is that they have, is their military which are uh, Huntresses, or sorry, Commando. They don't actually have a lot. They don't have, like, a ton of military. They have kind of, like, basically spec ops units, right? Yeah. What? I was saying, why are you <laughs> looking at me like that? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Those, listen, there's not much, like, big on the Asari other than they formed the council, and I guess they're supposed to be wise and There and doesn't angelous. need to be. Bioware's lazy. You can just say that. Uh, Kind of when it comes to the Asari. I mean, it's not like you need to freaking write a Cimmerillion type shit. Like, look at all the other so, stuff that we've talked about so far. We got the freaking Geth and the Quarians in the in the uh, Awakening War or whatever The Geth it is. and the Quarians. We got the Krogan Rebellions and the, and the Rachni Wars. We got the Turian Colonies. You that can boil crap down to be like Turians found humans and they shot at them. So humans yeah, shot them what back. I'm, what I'm saying is, so like, I did boil <laughs> it down a little bit. With the Asari, I am giving you as much as I physically can find. There's just not much there. They're literally just supposed to be there as the sex symbol of Mass Effect. Listen, man. So um, what? But anyway, so they have the Asari Huntresses, also known as Asari Commandos. Yep. Um, small spe- specialized spec ops units. They do not have a ton of these. They're they're very few and far between. They're either solo units or, again, like an actual company or something. Like a couple... <sighs> Yeah. Five, ten, you know? Yeah. That will get together and fuck shit up. Now, when well deployed, they are absolutely devastating. Because, mm-hmm. again, you're talking something that can, with their mind, you know, produce artillery fire. Right, right. They can produce barriers out of nowhere. And then on top of that, they have several hundred years of weapons training and combat tactics, you know, stealth, technology hacking, all that stuff. Okay. They are insane. The Turians actually say... That the Asari have the finest warriors in the galaxy. Luckily, there aren't that many of them. <laughs> that is actually a Turian military nice. saying. Um, and then they also have the largest ship in the galaxy. It is, it is a massive super dreadnought. The capital ship of the Citadel fleet, the Destiny Ascension. Mm. It is, when you, when you first come into Mass Effect, you actually see it. It is so big that the Normandy can just fly into the main gun oh right, <laughs> if it right. really wants to it is a massive might as well 
Um, so that's pretty much all I have on the Asari, except for what I'm about to go into, which oh. this is where I'm going to go into spoiler warning. If you are interested in playing Mass Effect, uh, particularly Mass Effect 3, Jerry, you have not yet, or anyone else, Who? God forbid someone else finds this. How the fuck? Um, but if you haven't played Mass Effect 3, you don't know this stuff, you haven't spoiled it for yourself, and you want to play it without spoilers, this is your chance to close the podcast and, and go do that. Um, because we're going to be talking about the Protheans and the Reapers now. Alright? Alright, you've gotten your spoiler warning. Here we go. The Protheans, the technology that supposedly everyone is based off of, right? They disappeared 50,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they left behind all their tech, and everyone's like, they basically just salvage that tech, reverse engineer it, and that's how they get FTL travel, that's how they get their guns, that's yep. how they get basically everything. Um, the Protheans themselves were the dominant species of their cycle. Uh, they were deli- uh, driven by evolution. I believe it was um, the cosmic imperative, which is evolutionary superiority, the strong conquer the weak. Ah. They were very much like the Roman Empire in that they would conquer other things, vassalize them, take the best parts of their culture and say, all right, that's ours now. Yep. And then you all serve us. Mm-hmm. Eventually you can get citizenships, but you will never be true Prothean. No. So that, that, that's how they kind of kind of lived. Anytime they run into another species, they give them an option. Submit or serve. That's what the Mongolians did. Or sorry, submit and serve. Or challenge the Protheans' right to rule. I.e. die fighting. Because the Protheans would absolutely destroy and sterilize an entire species. That's what technically like uh, Genghis Khan kind of did, right? Yeah, a little bit. It's like, oh, you're pretty strong. Fight for me or I kill you. Yeah. You know, you, you you can continue fighting for me, conquer everything, and... Have a great time, have or... A, have uh, a good life doing what you like doing. You can die whatever. here and now, your choice. <laughs> I can rip your guts out, dude, so... Um, but they also they also were known for uplifting uh, and vassalizing primitive species. Okay. Such as, namely, the Asari, the Turians, and the humans. Not the Solarians, though. They actually make a joke about that. The Solarians were so under-evolved, the, the Protheans thought they were just animals at the time. Oh. And they actually used to eat their eggs as a delicacy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the Solarians the Solarians were literally just frogs at the time. Yeah. Just really big frogs. They hyper-evolved it to what we know as Solarians today. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah, Javik, Javik in Mass Effect 3 makes a, makes a comment about that. Jeez. They, they're actually, you know, one of the main members of the Citadel. They used to eat flies. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he says. I mean, hey, that's true. Um, so they would actually vassalize and, and uplift primitive species that they found useful. Uh, and they experimented on some of them. Which, fun fact, mm. is the reason why every Asari is a biotic. They basically pumped the home planet of Thessia with uh, element zero until they all gained biotic powers. Jesus. Yep. They also created a Thame, the goddess. That was actually made by the Protheans to train and control the Asari. The hell's the goddess? I, I told you earlier, the the, god, the the one goddess that the Asari worship, like the goddess of order. Goddess oh, of order. that one. Okay. Yeah. That, that is the one goddess that the Protheans made to like control them through religious worship. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> yeah. So the it's, Pro- not, it's not even their own thing. The Protheans are dicks. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Um, but they gave Asari biotic powers through a fame. They they did some things. It's actually funny if you go into if you have the th- this was a huge controversy at the time. Yeah. Right? Day one DLC was the Prothean, or I can't remember what they called it, but you get Javik, right? Mm-hmm. And he actually has story significance in one of the um, uh, whenever you go to Thessia for a thing, because when you get there, there's statues of Protheans, and if you have Liara, she's like, oh yeah, no, this is. A Thames, you know, so and so prophet, her her scholar, her whatever, yep. and they're all statues of Protheans. Mm-hmm. And it's like Javik will actually point out, hmm, kind of looks a little Prothean, don't it? <laughs> yeah, we used to, we were planning on enslaving you assholes, Jesus. but no, fucking primitives. Yikes, dude. <laughs> yeah, That's pretty funny. they were they were kind of dicks. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Well, what's what's actually funny is like. He actually says straight up, is like, oh yeah, no, if you could kill us, we wouldn't care. Like, if you wanted to conquer us, we would accept your rule because you have proven you were strong enough to conquer us. Yeah, that's the thing. But, er- like... And people tried, 
no one succeeded. Yep. Fuck you, we're ruling the galaxy. The yeah. cosmic imperative, as they called it, like I said earlier. Yeah, if there's a force out there that can rule over us or crush us, yeah, we're all no, for they, it. They, they would absolutely submit and say, hey, we will be your loyal soldiers at that point. Yep. Um, but then the Reapers attacked. Mm. Reapers. They're, the Reapers are giant machines, yep. as you know, that can conquer the galaxy. Well, they don't oh. conquer. They they kind of they harvest it. They harvest and destroy stuff. Yeah, yeah. they don't care about. They yeah. just destroy anything. I'll get to it in a minute, but anything that any civilization that has reached FTL travel, yep, they destroy it. Yeah, makes sense. Um, the issue with the Protheans more than anything else, like every every cycle has their strengths and their weaknesses. With the Prothean Empire, their strength was basically they're they're just dogmatic military and their their basic caste system their rigid structure and whatnot okay everything was raw order okay. at its finest when the reapers came it made them it made them predictable and they could not easily change their tactics okay. <laughs> their doctrine of war this it was this is how war is committed you will do it this way and if you do it differently you are wrong and you will probably be executed for it okay when the reapers came that didn't work out for him. <laughs> Whoa, it didn't work out? What? Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, it actually became a massive war of attrition where entire planets of subservient species, the Protheans would just throw up the Reapers, and while they were harvesting that planet, they would go about and try to regroup. And the thing is, this backfired because the Reapers do a funny little thing where they convert organic populations into Reaper Stormtroopers. Yep. So this this really backfired yep. on top of destroying the morale of the subservient species, who then were more easily indoctrinated. Because not only like did the Reapers do their thing, saying "Oogly boop, we are gods, follow us." Right, right, right. But they're like, "Oh, the Protheans are also <clears throat> just throwing us at these monsters. We have more of a reason to go to them." Yeah, <laughs> they keep feeding us, man. Fuck it. Yeah, it was it was not a good time. <laughs> so the the Reapers did their harvest. Um, the Protheans tend to, as kind of a, a precautionary measure, they actually pulled away from the primitive civilizations. They didn't realize the Reapers actually only went after, um, civilizations that had reached FTL. So basically they saw the humans, the Asari and the Turians, and they said, all right, you guys can still live. There will still be life in the galaxy, even if we die. And so they pulled out all of their research centers, all of their experimental stations and all that, and just left them behind. Okay. Um, and they did actually leave behind specific information for some of these species, uh, namely the humans and the Asari. Mm-hmm. With the Asari, they basically left them the blueprints to the galaxy. <laughs> they were kind of they were kind of the Protheans' favored primitives. Yeah. And so when the Reapers came, they're like, all right. Here's all the information you need. You guys will be in charge of the next cycle of life. <laughs> and um, the thing is, the, the Asari never tell anyone about this. And it's the literal reason why their technology is so much more advanced than everyone else. Was because they were basically given the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> oh, nice. It's it's why they have a cultural dominance so yeah, hard. Yeah. Humans also actually got basically the same thing. Um, but one, we didn't discover it until much later. We didn't, we didn't achieve FTL, oh, yeah, it took uh, us but there was a research base on Mars. We found it. It was a massive Prothean archive. So massive, we have barely scratched the surface of it by the time we reached the galactic community and then Jesus. the Reapers attacked. Ah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, we technically speaking, actually, I think humans have more <clears throat> or better tech in their archives than the Asari do. We just didn't get to it first. We weren't able to get to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Asari were actually in the process of being indoctrinated, like being pulled into the Empire when the Reapers attacked. Like oh. they were, they were basically like at the point of getting FTL travel. Yeah, the Reapers attacked, harvested the galaxy, and left. Mm -hmm. And then they got that FTL travel like immediately afterwards. Gotcha. I, a bit exaggerating, but like right, it was about that. Right. So, and you know, advanced archives. It was really cool that one was the secret to Asari uh, superiority. Yep. And the Protheans and their subservient species that were officially in the Empire were driven to, uh, driven to extinction, mm -hmm. turned to husks, or they were, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, the indoctrinated ones, uh, indoctrinated slaves, Yeah, basically were just left to die. 
Mm. Without Reaper instruction, they basically just stood there and starved to death. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. A few exceptions being a few small pockets of scientists and such. Right. Namely on, uh, I believe it is... Verm- no, no, not Vermeer. Ilos. The final mission of Mass Effect. You go to one of these um, Prothean black sites. Yes. The only reason it survived was because it wasn't officially in the records in citadel space oh, at the time okay yeah it, it was it was a serious it was an actual black site yeah where they were committing not committing but like they were performing research that like they didn't want the rest of the galaxy to know about yeah uh always good a back door to the citadel <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah nice well but that's actually what kind of helped them is once they heard that the reapers were going on and whatnot they went dark zero communication immediately and basically said all right we're going to finish the project we're going to go to the Citadel, and we're going to change the the thing a little bit. And what they did was, uh, the Citadel is run by these little organic bugs, the collector, or not collectors, the... No, no, the the, the, um, the collectors are actually Protheans. Mm. So the Protheans, when they're huskified, repified, whatever, yeah. they become collectors. Gotcha. And they're actually used as, like, kind of the vanguard troops for the Reapers for their invasion. But those bug things that are, um... The Citadel number one. Yeah, I can't, what are they called? Keepers. That's what they Keepers. are. Keepers. Yeah, they're basically organic machines. Yep. Their entire job is to just maintain the Citadel, mm-hmm. and when the signal comes through that the Reapers are attacking, they turn on the Citadel. Yep. Normally, it's just a passive, inactive space station. It's um, welcoming to life. It's habitable, but you can't actually access any of the deep systems or anything. The keepers won't let you, and it constantly moves, so it's really dangerous to, to, like, try and explore. Yeah. But it's at the center of the mass relays, and, you know, it's pretty cool. If you kill a keeper, they just, it, another one just appears. There's always a set amount of keepers as well. Mm-hmm. And again, their whole purpose is just taking care of the Citadel and eventually activating it. So in Mass Effect 1, do the keepers activate? No, they do not, because the Prothean scientists on Ilos teleported mm-hmm. to, um, after after the Reapers had finished their invasion and gone back to dark space, yeah. they teleported to the Citadel, and basically they found, like, the vats where the Keepers were made, and they incorporated a change in their DNA, so they would ignore the Reaper code. So when the Reapers sent out their signal, turn on the Citadel, we're coming, yeah. they ignored it. That's actually the entire plot of Mass Effect 1. Is that the the reason why Harbinger, or sorry, Sovereign. Sovereign. Yeah, yeah. the reason why Sovereign, like, has to go to um, uh, Eden Prime and you fight Saren and all that mm-hmm. is because the Keepers didn't turn on the Citadel when they were supposed to. So he had to come into the galaxy to figure out what the hell was wrong. Yeah, don't you fight Saren, though, on the Citadel? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, eventually Saren goes there and activates it. Oh, he, that's why. He tries to activate try, it. Yep, he, closes, okay. he closes the um, Citadel arms yeah. so that Sovereign can get there and manually start it. That's basically, what it was. As, as funny as this sounds, like, as terrifying as Sovereign is, he's basically a glorified repairman. <laughs> he's literally the Reaper's IT guy. Sick, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> he was sent on site to figure out what's wrong with the computer. Do I need to yeah. turn it off and on again? <laughs> so, yeah, instead of being able to activate the thing, automatically they had to mm. go in and manually try to switch it on yep. to do it because uh, the, the protheans went in and they uh diddled the bugs and made it so they would ignore the reapers hey. uh so we'll get to the reapers you know they're sentient massive <coughs> massive machines and they they have some really cool powers right okay on top of having the single best tech in the galaxy and yeah the reason for this we'll get to this in a moment um they were created basically at the dawn of time cool Cool. Uh, by the first FTL-capable civilization that we know as the Leviathans. Whoa. Uh, spoilers, more spoiler alert for the Leviathan DLC. Who gives a shit? Specifically. Yeah. I mean, if you, I haven't, don't if fucking... you haven't played it and you think you might want to, I would say walk away now because the Leviathan DLC is great the first time. I'll see you later <laughs> then. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> you don't want to play it. Absolutely I don't. <laughs> um... But if you did, I would say walk away now just because the Leviathan <clears throat> DLC is really cool the first time through. Throw your phone out the window, <laughs> crash your car so the radio stops working. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, no. So, so they were made by the Leviathans. Mm-hmm. The, re- the original Reapers, well, technically speaking, we'll, we'll get to it. The Leviathans were a species capable of mind control, uh, and they forced simpler species to worship them as gods and pay tribute. Mm. Yeah, great, great bunch of guys right there. Yeah, perfect. Uh, unfortunately, every time the subservient species like evolved enough, yep, they kept developing artificial um, AI, artificial intelligence. And it would wipe them out. Okay. And, uh, you know, you can't get tribute from a dead species. No, really? Uh, quick little fun fact to note. The Geth are apparently, like, the only ones in the entirety of galactic history who didn't necessarily want to wipe out their creators. Like, every other cycle that has come up, a species oh, builds AI yeah. and they just immediately turn on their creators. Yeah. No, yeah, the Geth didn't want to. Yeah, they, they actually stopped and were like, hmm, they just defended themselves what yep. it was. Literally. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Leviathans, you know, you can't, you can't get tribute from a dead species, so they decided, hey, we're going to make our own AI to solve the problem, because okay. we're above the mistakes of the lesser creatures. Because yeah. <laughs> making the AI is, yep. 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 So, the goal was to find a way for organics to coexist or at least not get wiped out by their creations. Wow. Okay. The method that the AI came up with, you know, for the record, it was subtle. It was a slow thing. It started off by just studying these these civilizations. Yeah. Then it created small machines to kind of go and, you know, actually enact experiments and stuff okay and then eventually it came up with the method to destroy their creators and turn it into the first reaper sick dude that's I, awesome i.e the first harvest <laughs> where it took the machines it created to perform those experiments and manage it the galaxy as best it could yeah and it just killed them nice in creating the first reaper in this way uh, they actually also incorporated their mind control ability, which is how indoctrination happens. Yeah, it's a very subtle thing. It hits. It's actually indoctrination is technically better than the Leviathan mind control mm-hmm. because Leviathan mind control can like destroy whoever's brain they're controlling. Right. Like when when you when you meet them in Mass Effect Three <clears throat> in the in the DLC, Shepard starts hemorrhaging. <laughs> Like, oh. blood out of her, at his or her nose or whatever. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they created the mass relays for the specific purpose of forcibly accelerating organic technology down their chosen path. Okay. So basically, we're going to build these giant relay systems, these giant teleport systems that all point to the Citadel so that you can learn my technology the way I want you to learn it. Oh, okay. You are going to learn it. It's specifically designed, like, you know how we activated the mass relays? Yep. It's actually specifically designed to turn off and eventually be turned on again. (laughs) And in learning to turn it on, you learn about, you know, the biotics and the gravitational control. You learn, um, I think it's called, that's actually called the mass effect, is that gravitational thing. Yeah. The word. Yeah. The word. They, they they only mention that like literally in the, that first like opening cut scene where they have like the, the history of man or whatever. We, d- we discovered this giant thing and whatever. And it's like, yeah, no, that discovery of gravity control was called the mass effect. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's the only time they ever mentioned it. Get a better it. name. <laughs> only time they ever mentioned it. <laughs> um, hang on. I dropped something. There you go. I dropped it. Um, so anyway, the... They built these relays specifically to be turned on by being studied, basically. Yes. So you learn their technology, incorporate it into your own, and it supercharges your tech. Because by okay. the time you get to your mass relay, you will be at like a third of this tech level. And okay. this will this will bump you up a bit. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. It'll it'll accelerate your technological evolution, is what mm. it is. Yep. And, but it will do so in a way that the Reapers... Want you... Yeah, exactly. So that they can track and like, make sure you're progressing the way they want it. Yeah, you're progressing, but on the path that they want you to go. And every 50,000 years, they come back to check on the galaxy from dark space. Oh, good. Um, if organics have successfully managed to not get killed by their AIs and have managed to make peace with their AIs, then congratulations. The Reapers will actually disseminate all their information... Because every time they harvest a species, yeah, 
they use that species to make a core for a new reaper. Oh, cool. And they will actually, if you know, if you're successful, they'll actually say, hey, we preserved all the information of this species that came before you, and we would like to share it with you. Because you successfully completed the mission. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> basically what it was. Damn. Um, but if they have failed, if they are fighting AI, <clears throat> if they have fought AI, if they've, you know, been killed or have slaughtered them, because uh, actually the Protheans, they they slaughtered their AI no. in their cycle. Uh, well, to be fair, like, their AI was actually, like, really fucked up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was... They were kind of like the Borg from Star Trek, so they were all cyborgs. Yes. And they kind of just assimilated things, but they also, like... Like, Javik doesn't go into details, but he says, Dear God, what they did to their children was fucked up. And this, <laughs> is, this is Javik, the... Guy who was driven by nothing but war, combat, and rage. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, no, that shit was messed up. (laughs) (laughs) This is a man who would commit war crimes without blinking. (laughs) Jesus. But anyway, so if you succeeded, you know, hey, have all this really cool information, even more tech than you can possibly imagine. The history of the stars that you never knew existed. Hell yeah. If they fail... They wipe out all civiliza- all FTL-capable civilizations and leave the rest to start over. Hell yeah. And they start the experiment over again. They start the cycle over. Yeah. And the methods they use to wipe everyone out? First, indoctrination. Yep. Very subtle mind control. It's not direct. It actually is something that happens over time and it gets more severe over time. Reapers can accelerate <clears throat> it. Um, but in doing so, the, the more indoctrinated you are... Yep the less useful you are to the Reapers, basically. Okay. Um, and they use this to set up... And again, it, it always starts off like... Like, one of the things that they they do is like, well, the Reapers destroyed the galaxy. Supposedly, they destroy all organics and just destroyed everything. And yet, organics are still here. So they must not destroy everyone. So maybe they won't destroy me if I help them. And like, and that's kind of... It, it's even more like... That's the shitty like the, way of thinking yeah. about it, yeah. There's actually even... An, like, the, the list of, like, train of thought is longer than that. Yeah. But you eventually reach the conclusion that the Reapers are the good guys and you should help them. <laughs> yep. Kind of kind of messed up, actually. Yeah, whatever. Um, and so the Reapers use this mind control, this indoctrination, to create cultists that worship them. Uh, traitors amongst their empire and, and sedition. In fact, it's actually widely accepted that the elusive man is indoctrinated and that's why he doesn't like team up with Shepard. Mm-hmm. He takes Cerberus and actively fights everyone else. Nice. And that happened in the Protheans too. He's like, yeah, no, we had these guys that like for whatever reason they didn't want to fight the Reapers and instead fought everyone else. And the Reapers just ignored them. That's Jesus. actually the thing. Like anytime a Cerberus like um outpost is kind of active, yeah. The Reapers just kind of ignore that planet. Oh, okay. Until the Cerber- Cerberus is done doing what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they also use it to make sleeper agents. Individuals that, frankly, they they don't even know they're indoctrinated until the Reapers are, like, there. And then it's, like, a subliminal message to, oh, I should start blowing everything up, turning... You know what? We don't need these defense cannons online. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. Why would we want that? Right. Um, so, yeah, that's... that's indoctrination is actually really sinister, really subtle. You can't even notice it most of the time. Oh, unless, they're, unless they've actively like really ramped it up there's no such thing mm-hmm. as indoctrination <laughs> yeah. that's this is a fantasy actually, again that would be one of those things that like would be propaganda <clears throat> from an indoctrinated like planet or yeah. news station where it's like we're not indoctrinated we're helping <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah we're yeah, helping totally. people what do you mean um the other thing that reapers do is they is conversion which is they implant Reaper tech into captured populations or corpses of captured populations. Okay. Um, usually doing it while they're alive. Yeah. And turning them into monstrous shock troopers. These are the husks. These are the uh, ravagers and stuff. Oh, yeah. The marauders. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the collectors. Those are actually Prothean versions of husks. Yeah. Uh, very messed up. Very terrifying. Because, again, you're basically looking at the corpse of someone... That's now going to come and attack you. <laughs> uh, there's very much a zombie thing going on. Right. I think I could be wrong. I think it was either a written log that I read in one of the games. Or it was like a video thing. But basically someone like recognizes a husk 
as like their little brother or whatever, and then gets killed by them. Oh shit! Yeah, dude, it's, it's very sick. much zombie apocalypse, that's but it's like sick. it's techno zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, and then, of course, the third method that they use to, you know, perform the harvest is just superior and indiscriminate firepower. Yep. Their tech is beyond anything <clears throat> that we have mm-hmm. because that's how they made sure we evolved. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Like, like, like I said, most primitive civilizations, when they get to the mass relay and like are able to activate it, have like a third of the mass relay's tech. Yeah. They get a nice little boost for another third, but there's still like a third they don't know. Right. The Reapers have, like, six times that amount. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's it's insane. Um, and what Reapers do with the harvest, they capture massive quantities of the, like, designated primary species and then some secondary species, and they just literally melt them down <laughs> into raw, like, slurry to make the core of a new Reaper. Nice. Out of, out of, out of bio, the biochemical mush. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, around that, they build, like, an actual Reaper. Yeah. Or the various various sized Reapers and whatnot. Oh, okay. And basically, gotcha, the gotcha. size of Reaper that you get, kind of, as far as the Reapers are concerned, was how important you were for that cycle. Mm, like, okay. the Protheans got a pretty damn big Reaper. They got the full thing. Yeah. But then you also have, like, some of their subservient species that have, like, the smaller Reaper ships and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, these aren't too important, but they are kind of neat to be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they always start with the Citadel, except for Mass Effect Cycle because that was shut down. Yes. Uh, where again, all the mass relays point to the Citadel, so it's kind of a natural place. It's basically the center of the mass relay network. Yeah. And it's a natural place for any kind of governance to kind of exist, right? Because from there, you can go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Whereas everywhere else, like just kind of eventually, like we'll loop back around to that point, and so. Unfortunately, they start with that, meaning when the citadel, when they, when the harvest starts, the keepers typically close the citadel arms. It activates the giant pulsar or whatever. Yeah. All the reapers come in and then just immediately kill or indoctrinate all the highest level rulers, uh, politicians, every right. everyone that is anyone is now either dead or under reaper control. <laughs> and in fact, that's usually in Javik mentioned it is like, yeah, no, some of our, our greatest minds and scientists and stuff that were on the Citadel, you know, we brought them in mm-hmm. to help us fight the Reapers. And it turns out they were indoctrinated all the, all the time. <laughs> yep, the whole time. Damn. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. Um, but whenever they're completed, whenever they finally harvested their, uh, all the FTL civilizations, mm-hmm. the Reapers leave behind select remains like they don't leave behind everything they leave everything in ruins but they make sure they're intact enough they will eventually be found okay so that the next cycle can base their technology off of the previous cycle which is based off of the reapers gotcha yep um and again it it starts the cycle over every fifty thousand years they do this like clockwork until they find the answer of again ironically why you know how to how to make it so that AI don't kill organics? Oh, Fun, so, funny enough, that is their goal. So technically, Reapers aren't the bad guys. Yeah, well, totally. I mean, they're trying to figure out the ultimate answer of yeah, can like making a, make it, organics to make AI that won't murder them, murder their creators. Yep. So that's uh, that's nutty, man. Yeah. Bit of a, I think that's a bit of a longer episode, but uh, that is the story of the Asari, the Reapers, and uh, the Protheans as well. Wicked, dude. And keep in mind, the Protheans were also based on, like, the previous civilization. Yeah. Uh, what, what they call it, the Inusari, I think they were called. <sighs> Fuck of a... Uh. Again, uh, Javik mentions it at some point in Mass Effect 3 if you talk to him enough. Mm. Um, he's like, yeah, no, the Reapers are, are very cunning. We based our technology, you know, you based your technology on us, we based our technology on them, but it turns out it was all the Reapers the entire time. Yeah, and it's always the Reapers. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Sick, man, that's crazy. I believe this is, what, episode 7, I think? Shit, 8, yeah, 9, then 10 is mine. Yep. yep. So that was episode seven. Seven episodes. We have covered pretty much everything in Mass Effect, all the all the main stuff at least. Good. <laughs> good. That's good, man. We did it. It's all really interesting. I, I again, I. I'm the, very excited. I love the series. It's, it's great. 
it's great. That's crazy. Did you know that uh, it's only 46 milligrams of caffeine in Diet Coke? I think that's, I mean, that's less than not Diet Coke. I wouldn't know. That doesn't have caffeine. Oh, yeah, this is root beer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Dr. Pepper for a moment. I'm like, damn, I'm I so think, used to um, drinking that. I think Bark's root beer probably had. I don't know. I think maybe there there has to be a root I beer that most, has caffeine. I think most root beer is non-caffeinated. That's that actually that's actually why I moved to root beer was because uh, I was trying to cut down. Should the caffeine. do gamer subs, homie. It's good. Isn't shit. that raw caffeine? Yeah, I was trying to cut down on oh, caffeine. You don't. You're not that's doing caffeine. I, that's why I went to root beer. So oh. gonna, I'm trying to cut down on the the addictive caffeine, so I can no, then cut no. down on the sugar. I'm cutting down on sugar because I need <laughs> caffeine to stay alive. <laughs> But, uh, all right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And, uh, I think that's it for this one. That'll be it. Have a good one. Mmm. I'm gonna stop the recording. Are you? I have to cut this out. (laughs)